never. These old hymns carry so much weight <laughs> and truth. Thank you, Pastor Ray. We need to be reminded of this. Never lose its power. We know the definition of never, right? Never. He's got us in our hands. Thank you, Pastor Ray. You got, everybody can be seated, please. Thank you. Thank you for coming out today. Hallelujah. God is good and his mercy <laughs> endures forever. I think we had a little mercy today with the weather, huh? Wasn't it beautiful outside? The teasing of spring. So we were excited about that. That was great weather. Well, I'm in front of you tonight. Pastor John and Miss Anita are at home. Um, my mom had a planned procedure that went very well today, so... We're happy they're rest. She's resting at home, and I got the nod just a few days ago that I would be in front of you today. Uh, I want to thank you. My family wants to thank you. Those who had been praying for my wife and our family. Uh, we had lost my mother-in-law last week. I did a funeral service last night, and some of you had were able to come out and appreciate the cards, the prayers. Our house smells a lot like lilies in every room. We appreciate the flowers, too. So, and the wonderful support from our church community, but thank you very much. I wanted to talk, a really in-depth title here. Did we, can we put that up? Really, it's only one word we're going to talk about. And I don't think I'm going to go too long tonight because I did want to leave some time to pray about a few things here. Um, but the title for tonight is Lanes. And I'm really not talking about the highway lanes that the graphic was depicted. But I believe God designs lanes in our lives that help us navigate the commitments in our lives. See, every day things are speaking to you that is calling for commitment. <laughs> And I don't know about you, but they can get overwhelming at times. There's just so much going on in the world. Ukraine, which I'd like to pray for later. The economy. Different elements in our life. Family issues. Work issues. Church issues. Yeah, there are such things as church issues. Right, Pastor Ray? Amen. <laughs> but all these things are begging for our attention to draw in some commitments. And I don't want to say this in an egocentric way, but sometimes it can feel for me a lot at times, just so much going on. We really, the way God designed our brain, as Pastor John's been talking about, in our wonderful OS system, which is our soul, the way he designed our brain, we can really only think of one thing at a time, right? But I can struggle daily sometimes with not trying to major in many of the minor things that come across my path that ask for my attention. You know, whether it's my curiosity, arrogance, or maybe caring, I can kind of tend to lose focus on certain lanes I need to be in in my life. 
I really believe God designed lanes for us. Again, not physical lanes we drive on, but these lanes in our life so we can get more done in our lifetime to do things for his will in our life. God uses most of these lanes for us to understand these lanes we need to be in because he wants you to be available for his will. I've struggled over the time, you know, saying, God, use me, use me, use my gifts, use my wealth of knowledge, right, and my catalog of talents. But really, God is only interested in our availability. That's it, the simplicity of being available. And I think I struggle with this a lot. I love to be involved in everything I can but have as little responsibility along the way, right? Wouldn't that be nice? These lanes that I'm talking about, they call for you every day to get in a lane. And what I want to talk about tonight is, do you know what lanes you're supposed to be in in life? And I struggle with this a lot too. I had an example at work, I think it was just last week. I'll leave some parties anonymous in my example here. But So I was busy doing something in my office. Had to have a timeline of this thing done. So I was on cruise control. I'm going to finish this task. I'm in that lane, and my commitment's deep to finish this task. But then two of our team members... Um, somehow ended in the front of my door of my office that is always open and began talking about something. Well, obviously, I started overhearing that, and it really had nothing to do with what I was doing. <laughs> but I felt I probably had a wealth of knowledge that I could contribute to that conversation, right? So what did I do? I stopped in my tracks. No fault to the team members outside the door. I became an instant perpetrator into their conversation and shared what I thought I needed to share. Turning out, it had the conversation they were having had nothing to do with what I thought, and I created in their communication lanes a, tra <laughs> a congestion because I basically interrupted what they were doing and interrupted myself. There were two lanes going on. There was one that I was working in at my desk, and there was another outside my door, and I got distracted and caused a congestion of their communication. Sounds real simple, but how many times do we do that in different things in life that pull us off of the lane we were supposed to be in right there with all our good intentions? The anchor scripture tonight is Proverbs 4.25. I don't know if we're going to use the screen a lot because I decided to do a different translation at the last minute. It's pretty simple. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. That simple. When you're in your lanes that you're called to be, the only motion should be forward. Not slowing down, nothing else. What I'm realizing in my lanes, what am I heading towards? To fulfill these commitments that God has called me to do whether there are elements in my family, like I said earlier, my work, my job, my social culture, whatever. Each of these lanes are calling for different commitments, and I have to be sensitive to what lanes I need to be in. 
I pray for discernment because sometimes I may merge into lanes that I should never be in, like my, my example I just gave you. But generally, I can't be the only one that struggles with this, right? I can't. <laughs> There's just so, many, so much information that comes at us every day, whether through the news, our friends, our family, that is inviting us to commit to our energy, our attention to something and get in that lane. And it's important for us to dis- define and discern what are actually distractions that I'm getting into a lane I shouldn't be or what is actually God where I should be in these lanes. Yeah, just a, a wonderful example. Uh, the church in the last two and a half years or two years... Uh, I think individually as church goers or even as churches as the body of whole, the church got into a lot of different lanes in the last two years. Some of them, I probably believe because of the level of the commitment that couldn't happen, were lanes that we shouldn't have been in and got diverted from our mission. I'm not saying we should stand up outside these walls and proclaim the truth. That is part of our mission. But if we're in too many lanes, are we giving value to the core lanes that God has called us to be in? God wants us to be in many lanes, but they're the lanes he's designed us to be in. I've seen so many people, and I've done it myself, that become exhausted in life because they're trying to be in so many lanes, and their commitment levels are getting stretched everywhere. God didn't design that to do that. Because if you can't give value to the lanes he's given you, he cannot work in your lives towards the fulfillment and fullness of Christ he wants to build in you. It's tough. We all have opinions, (laughs) drive through judgments, anger that wants a voice sometimes with all these things and we want to get into different lanes in life. But we need to understand God has designed certain lanes that we need to be in. As a husband, a wife, brother, sister, and certainly a Christ follower as well. There's six elements I picked out that cause us to go merging into other lanes. And they're mainly just underlying attitudes. I think we can get into other lanes if some of us may have this Messiah complex or you are God's gift to fix everything that is broken around you. That'll have you veering into many lanes and causing some collisions. Or you're just plain nosy. Maybe you grew up that way. And you may have a strong undercurrent of gossip or something. But being nosy can veer into many other lanes. You can have the attitude or practice of assumption. That can get you into trouble too veering into other lanes like I was assuming at work the other day what they were talking about. Another one is insecurities. You need to make sure everybody around you is okay. So you're veering into so many of other lanes that maybe God has not called you to be in. The last one that seems to have been growing a lot, and it's not just FCC, I call soul steering. This can get dangerous. 
This is a happy message, by the way. We'll get there. Soul steering. What is that, Pastor Chris? Well, it's something you shouldn't do and pastors shouldn't even do. But I believe it's become an epidemic (laughs) across churches. It's basically in this example that a person gets hurt by church. And it's real hurt. I'm not discounting the hurt. But then they end up leaving the church and never processing it or going through it. And here's where the soul steering comes in. When they go to another church, they start veering back into the lanes of the church they left and begin to talk to people and start steering their souls to the church they're in now. Proverbs has some very unkind words about that. That you're merging in all these different lanes that God has never called you to be in. What does the Bible say about how to stay in your lanes that you're called to? Paul writes in Philippians 3, 15 through 16. I'm going to read through the message translation. You can look at that one, but I really want to, we don't have the message translation on the screen. So Paul says, so let's keep focus on the goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, again, we're talking about lanes and commitment, God will clear your blurry vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stay in your lane. That's the message version. So it's so, the Bible, Paul is talking about it, it's so key to stay focused on when you're in that lane and why you're in that lane. Some of us are in lanes that might not seem too big for our ego or too too small for our ego. Be happy where you are, where God's calling you in those lanes and stay focused. God also gave us the gift or present of present tense. Not, not gifts like Christmas, but present tense, the now, right? It's so important to be present now, <laughs> especially as believers. Because if we do not really value the present now and where we are and what lane is, it can open the door for worry. And when you start worrying, you start veering into other lanes. Philippians, again, 6, 8 through the message translation, Paul continues He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That would be a great practice. Something happens, instead of picking your Bible, if you pick the cell phone up, call Sister Susie or whatever, which is okay, but you need to get, you need to turn to God when things happen and begin to pray. He goes on, he says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, and that will help you stay in the lane. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ. The next verse on 8 is almost, I think, like a, a steering wheel alignment. You bring your car in and they, <laughs> they align your steering wheel. Well, if you're in lanes, you want a straight path and you're driving straight. In verse 8, Paul says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true. 
honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I believe there's two things that Jesus said, and we're going to go through two of those scriptures. We'll hit the first one first, obviously, about the importance of what lane he has designed us as Christ followers, these two lanes that we have to be in daily. One is from Matthew six thirty-three. I'm going to go under the NIT version. So it's up there, but it may be a different version. So Jesus said this. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So he is talking about in this one lane that you need to have in your life as a Christ follower, one out of the two I'm talking about, seek the kingdom of God. That's all you have to do in this lane. Above all else, he's talking about. Above all your finances, your friends, what are the other lanes are calling you to be committed to that might not be God? Seek the kingdom of God. There's another, uh, in John 21, Jesus was pretty clear about talking to Peter about staying in the lane that you're supposed to be in. Many of you may know this. This is after, I think it was John 20, yeah, John, the chapter John 21. Jesus has been resurrected. He's hanging out with some of the disciples, almost reinstituting Peter as a disciple because of what he went through and when Jesus was on the cross. And he begins to allude to Peter how he's going to die. Peter. And Peter almost becomes more concerned about what's going to happen to his other brother disciple John than what Jesus just said to him. And there's a point at the end of that chapter where Jesus says, it's none of your biswax, basically, what happens to John. Stay in your lane. So Jesus was very clear about talking about these solid truths of staying focused on what the call is in our life. So knowing that there's lanes that we need to be in, in my life at least, how can I continue to nurture that and, and, and get better at that and grow in that? Well, we've heard Pastor John, Pastor Ray, Pastor Mike from this stage many times, these, these, these over-the-counter prescriptions that help us grow as we follow Christ. But these, are, these three things are so key to make sure we're knowing what lanes we need to stay in in life. I probably have said the word lane about 5,000 times by the time we're done tonight, so bear with me. That was a joke. Number one, you got to read your Bible. It is your map as you're in these lanes. Make sure... And I'm working on this too. You have to grow an appetite to read your Bible. I find appetites for things usually come when my desire and discipline merge together and the appetites grow. So focus on that. Focus on that. Number two, we know these things. We've been hearing this. <laughs> Invite the Holy Spirit into your day. Because the Holy Spirit can discern those lane markers and those lanes you're supposed to be in for that day. Invite Him in your morning. It's got to start in the morning because that's when your day starts. So He can travel with you. Number three, make a daily prayer 
that your goal is to only glorify God in your thoughts, in your conversations, in your encounters. As you know, we uh, lanes are things we deal with every day, even how we got to church here today, right? You all got in a lane to drive to church. Go to work tomorrow, you're going to get in lanes, 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 lanes. And sometimes if we just, I know for me when I see lanes, 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 that kind of means conformity, right? But they are actually at least road lanes that we drive on to prevent us from what? (laughs) Crashing, accidents, collisions. These are designed for safety to get to where we need to go, right? I do want to mention, though, just venting even on the way in here. These new cars that are being sold, do they have blinkers, or is that an upgraded package? Because I just, just me, sorry. They're not used much lately. Maybe it's just Rhode Island. I don't know when I drive over here. But lanes are important. We use them every day physically, driving to work or wherever we need to go. They help you get to where you need to go. And when you have hundreds of people with you trying to go to different places, it is a great way to help you get to your destination. So how can we help live this out as a church community together and help us not stray to the left and the right and veer into all these lanes and and know the lanes we're supposed to be in as Christ followers and certainly those here at FCC and in in our individual life? Um, 1 Corinthians 7.17 I think I just went on New International. Yeah, I'm using the New International Version. Because I like this word. starts out, Paul saying, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, especially in community. Just as God has called them, this is the rule I lay down in all our churches. Nevertheless, nevertheless says, in spite of something, withstanding, no matter what, know where God has called you to be and do. We all have been called to influence our world around us, our families, here at church, our workspace. And they all call our commitments to be here on Sunday at Easter for church, to be at the next family dinner, to have to go to work tomorrow, because that's the commitment. Those are different lanes. Certainly as a church community, I believe our best intentions are to help one another, right? But help is such a relative word at times. If you're looking to cross into other people's lanes to help them, you need to really make sure it's an ordained move in your life and it's ordained in his love. In your life, God wants you to care and love everybody around us, but love, God's love always has a specific target in mind. You know, even at your workspace, you may, God has designed a very narrow lane for you and he's just calling you in this workspace to represent him by how you are living your life. The example that the coworkers are seeing. 
and that you may say to somebody, do you know how much God loves you? That may be a narrow lane right now you're in at your workspace. You may have a larger lane that God has created for you in a workspace that you're giving Bibles out to everybody you see and you're saying, I'm here to pray for you if you need anything. Those are larger lanes. They may have a different lane inside, but they all have the same level commitment as you as a Christ follower that you're loving God and loving people, right? God will put you in lanes where your passion is at times and where your gift maybe want to make room for you. What makes you cry sometimes at night? What's really pulling and breaking at your heart? God may put you in lanes to be of influence in those areas. Another thing that I believe us as churchgoers, not Christ followers, churchgoers. You know what churchgoers are good at? They go to church. And that's about it, right? None of you guys. And I'm working this too, but Christ followers, the commitment of that lane to be a true Christ follower. I believe, and I, I'm struggling with this too, we can be so exhausted, as I said earlier, in all these lanes of commitments that we've made to different things, to even social media. We're on social media too long, or we're doing this and this, and it's, it's, it's committing too much energy, mental energy. Families, if we're helping them too much, members, different things like that where God's maybe not calling us to be in those lanes and committed so deeply. And this is, I'm speaking what I'm going through right now, that I'm forgetting that one of the most important lanes God has designed for each and every one of us to be in is to love our neighbor. Do you know the word neighbor and neighbor is in the Bible over 150 times? I'm talking about the, the, the close proximity neighbor that is across the street, down the door, and yet if we get so exhausted in our energy and other things and other lanes that we may not be called to commit to level in, we go home every day and forget the people next door because we're too tired. God's calling us To love our neighbors. Letting them know you know they're there. Letting them know that you would love to pray for them at any time. Maybe even inviting them to an Easter service. It's Elaine. Hebrews 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, who we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. As I mentioned, Jesus was very clear about one lane, about seeking the kingdom. He was the second lane that I believe he has decide, he's designed for us to be in. comes out of Matthew 28. We all know it well. It's the Great Commission just after he was resurrected and he's going to leave this earth soon. He calls all the disciples up there. And he starts out by saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's a big statement. That means the one we believe in and follow has authority 
in the heavens and earth. Here's the lane he wants us to drive in. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's, he's, he's, Jesus is talking to churches, right? No, the churches have monopolized this scripture for many years, maybe intentionally or not. He's talking to individual disciples. Yes, the church has to be a big catalyst to make disciples and teach the word of God and baptize. But you individually are called to be in that same lane and do the same thing. I can't make disciples. I'm not perfect. Let's go through the biographies of all the disciples. They were far from perfect. Trades that would never even, of fishermen and tax collectors that would never even set foot in front of Jesus to share faith with him and, and do his will. I think sometimes we cauterize the idea, though, I can't make disciples, that there's actually... In our lifetime, we are completed disciples. We are never completed disciples. Just disciples means you're committing to grow towards following Christ. We never have that complete work until we take our last breath. Discipleship process can start very easily. People just seeing the goodness of God in you, in action, in your lifestyle, in your talk, in your caring, in the lane of attention towards people around you, the presence of now, that opens the door to disciple. Each and every one of us are called to do that. So those two lanes that God has called us into. I believe when Jesus was talking about that abundant life that we all like shooting for and hoping in can be very real when we're in the lanes God's called us to be in. Sorry, my internet just went out. What is going on? Here we go. You guys just, I can just hear the excitement in the minds. So we're all in a place of growth. We're learning that tonight. And I would really encourage you in moving forward to do those three things. Let the Word speak to you every day. Invite that Holy Spirit in to help guide your day. And pray, Father God, I want to glorify you in everything I do. It's so important in these end times where we're going as Christ followers, not churchgoers because they haven't decided to go further, I think, yet, but Christ followers, that we can't risk collisions <laughs> in the body of Christ or even in our secular workspace because those cause distractions because we're not in the right lanes God's calling us to be. If you are in lanes that God, have, God has called you to be, the pavement you are driving in has been sealed in his love. 
because this is all about love. The issues that continue to come up and distract us as Christians to get involved in, inviting us to continue to increase our commitment of energy in our mind and our words that we spend that might not be accurate. We're getting into areas that maybe we're not supposed to be in. Pray and let God show you what lanes you need to be in. And get discernment because not everything good is God. There may be some good opportunities and you're in one lane and it comes by your driver's side window and say, hey, this is good, get involved. And you don't pray and get discernment if you're supposed to merge into those lanes. God could see further down the lane you were already in and maybe you should have stayed in that. But because it seemed good, you veered off, lost track, lost time that you can't get back. Uh, We're all thankful that we serve a faithful God and he sees these movements every time that we shift lanes and go into different areas that we're not supposed to be in. Again, Proverbs 4.25, look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path with your feet. Keep focus on where you are at all times. And I believe God will lead you to where you need to go. That's all I have. Let's get some prayer on, all right? Because I believe one of the biggest lanes is prayer. And we need to be able to shift into that lane, not with big preparation, but on a dime. So you need to be near that lane at all times especially in the world we live in. Especially in the world we live in. Does anybody need prayer for anything tonight? Yeah, we're a little informal. No structure. Surgery, okay. Yes, Joanne. Wow. I'd like to pray for Ukraine as well, too, and then just kind of what we talked about, too. Heavenly Father, oh, you are so good, good to us. You are faithful. Lord, for those that are anxious, worried, unclear in their vision daily, Holy Spirit, just bring clarity to them to what lanes they need to be in. Bring that peace that we heard in Hebrews that can pass all understanding. Lord, hear our hearts. We want to be available to you. Lord, we pray for Miss Joanne right now and the surgery she's about to go into with her hands. Can you stretch out your hands? Lord, thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that any doctor, any nurse that she is in front of, that you give them wisdom for this procedure. Lord, we pray for any anxiousness or worry in her mind right now. Overwhelm her with your peace, your peace. And we just pray for the grace of recovery that you are already installing in her body, Father God, in that area. And that her recovery brings her even better than she was before she went in. 
You are a healing God, Lord, who loves her so much. And we just thank you for this will to be done of your will and her. And we come in agreement with her husband and her and the authority you have given us, Lord, that everything happening in there, your will will be done. Your will will be done. Heavenly Father, we pray for Ukraine right now. It seems so monumental and hopeless, Lord. But it's very clear, evil is running rampant. It's pure evil, Lord. We continue to pray for the leaders that are involved to give wisdom and courage to do what needs to be done, Lord. We know many testimonies that are not even hitting the news of believers that are in Ukraine that are ministering to the wounded and the hurted. And we've seen how spiritual walls have been put up against the Russian army in certain areas, Father God, where they cannot advance any further. Lord, we just pray for peace for those churches over there and let, let them be about your business as what is going on. Lord, thank you for these believers that are in the room right now. Thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh to each and every one of us. That you provide financial needs, peace of mind, health in our bodies. Continue to overwhelm us with your love. And in that process, let our heart break for what breaks yours along the way, Father God. For souls that are around us every day. Let us be in those two lanes that your son talked about, of seeking your kingdom above all. Above all. And also making disciples with those around us and teaching your word and living by examples in the lanes that you've decided us to, to have ordained us to be in. Lord, we continue just to bask in your love and your overwhelmment for us. You are such a loving God when we don't deserve it. And we are reminded daily that we can do nothing <laughs> apart from you, Father God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving clarity. Thank you for installing purpose in our lives of what we're here to do in these days ahead, Father God. And as a church community, we care for one another. We love one another. And we be sensitive to one another of what needs are here, Father God, in the body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.